How do we live our life with impact? We're going to learn more about how to do that with Pastor Brian Bill from Edgewood Baptist Church, who's with us in studio this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see all of you. Well, as a pastor, I'm very fascinated by generations, and we were talking today about decades. And I think of those in their 20s, Seth, you're 18, but right in that that place in life. I read an article some time ago called How to Ruin Your Life in Your 20s. No one ever plans to ruin his life. Nobody makes failure a goal. Kids don't dream about growing up to be an alcoholic. Students don't go to class to learn how to be bankrupt. Brides and grooms don't go to the altar expecting their marriage to fail. But ruined lives do happen far too often, and they happen because of the choices we make. And many of our most influential choices take place when we are relatively young, old enough to be making important decisions, but young enough for those decisions to have disastrous consequences. So how can we avoid making such mistakes? We can start by listening to God's wisdom found in the book of Proverbs. So he lists seven ways someone can ruin their life in their 20s, and then I want to end with some positive things. So if you want to ruin your life, no matter how old you are, do whatever you want, number one. Because right now, you're in the process of becoming what you will be one day. You're preparing either to be a great spouse, a parent, an employee, and a friend, or to be the opposite of that. So everything you do now will lead you down one of those paths. Proverbs 14 says, The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. Number two, if you want to mess up your life, live outside your means. When you spend more than you can afford, you still have to pay for it, plus interest. By living, quote, the good life now, you ensure you'll be living the bad life of debt payments, downsizing, and financial worries in your future decades. Proverbs 22, 7, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower borrower is a slave of the lender. Number three, this is big, feed in addiction. Whether it is alcohol, money, drugs, pornography, shopping, or another attraction, most people have an addiction of some kind. And these addictions bring death, either literal death or death to relationships, freedom, and joy. So how do addictions happen? You feed them. The more you feed an addiction, the stronger it grows and the harder it is to stop. So determine right now to starve your addictions. Proverbs eleven six: the righteousness of the upright delivers them, but the treacherous are taken captive by their lust. Number four, if you want to mess up your life, run with fools, because you are becoming, in some real sense, who you hang around with. It's been said you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Proverbs 13, 20. Number five, if you want to mess up your life, believe this life is all about you. (laughs) You are one of eight billion people alive currently, and though you are special— Well, so are each of the other 8 billion people in the world. You are not the star of this show. You have a cameo that very few people will see and that will be forgotten as soon as the screen changes. So if you want to be important and make a difference, live for God. Serve others with your life. Proverbs 16 says pride goes before destruction. Number six, if you want to mess up your life, live for immediate gratification. And almost nothing truly worthwhile comes quickly. It takes time and discipline to get a degree, to become a CPA, to become a good husband or wife. And many of the things you truly want long-term can be derailed by indulging yourself in the moment. Let me say it like this. Do you want an amazing marriage or just one amazing night? 
Do you want to retire in 36 years or drive a luxury car for the next 36 months? Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. And finally, number seven, avoid accountability. We all have the tendency to mess up or be blind to our own failings or convince ourselves that we can change on our own, even though it's never worked in the past. That's why God created us to live in community with others so we can encourage each other, point out blind spots, and have help in times of weakness. Proverbs 12 says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. So who do you want to be when you grow up? Well, you will be that person much sooner than you think. What you're doing to be, what are you doing to become him or her today? So it was about the same time I read that article that I was invited to speak at the University of Wisconsin at Madison. They have a ministry called Crew there, and I came to Christ on campus there, and I was just honored. I was thrilled to go, and so I decided to write down 12 truths that I've learned in like 30-some years of ministry, and, and I called this How to Make an Impact. And as I reflected on it, it's really the opposite of how to ruin your life. So number one, do everything for the glory of God. And we need to learn it's not about you. So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Number two, preach the gospel to yourself every day. Don't ever forget God's grace. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. You're not all that, right? It is the (laughs) gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Number three, Pursue purity and self-control at all costs. Make a covenant with your eyes. So remember, I'm speaking to 18 to 22-year-olds at the University of Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. Sin City, right? Job 31.1 said, I made a covenant with my eyes to not gaze lustfully at a virgin. Number four, develop the habit of gathering with God's people. If you unplug, you will unravel. I see that all the time. Uh, Hebrews 10 says, let us consider how to stir up one another to what? To love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. Here's the intensity. And all the more as you see the day drawing near, so we get closer to the return of Christ, we should be gathering more than ever. Number five, be committed to grow in your relationship with Christ. You won't grow in discipleship without practicing the disciplines. Why? Because spiritual growth is intentional. It's not automatic. You can get older without growing older spiritually. Uh, Proverbs 13, 4 says, the soul of the sluggard craves, he's got the craving, and he gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Mm. Number six, give back what God has given to you. You cannot outgive God with your time, your talents, and your treasures. Second Corinthians 9, 6, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. I learned how to tithe as a 20-year-old, and I've never looked back. So, it's, mm-hmm. so you might not have much money, but just give. Give, what, give a percent of what you have right now. Number seven, go local and global with the gospel. One pastor says there's, you only have three options. You either go, you send others, or you disobey. We have to go, send, or disobey. And Philemon 6 says I, says, I pray that you'll be active in sharing your faith so that you'll have a good understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Number eight, so important in our culture today, stand on truth 
and minister with grace. So resist caving to the culture, but don't walk around clobbering sinners. Uh, John 1.14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We've seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Number nine, <laughs> I had to say this one, love and support your pastor. <laughs> Look for practical ways to encourage your shepherd and his family. Obey, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they're keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy <laughs> and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you, Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Number 10, so important, and I, I know, Seth, you have this. Seek out a mentor and then mentor someone else. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also, 2 Timothy 2.12. Number 11, memorize scripture. It was D.L. Moody who said, the Bible will keep you from sin, and sin will keep you from the Bible. Joshua 1.8 says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate uh, meditate on it day and night. We're given the reason. So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And finally, pray dangerous prayers. Go anywhere and do anything God wants you to do. Be all in. Sign over uh, your life to him. And I think back to First Chronicles 4.10. Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border. God, do it. Expand. Blow it all out. Use me however you want, all for your glory. Uh, One author said it like this, Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't Mm. really matter. Mm -hmm. Amen. That is so good. So, Pastor Brian, I'm thinking of that person that's listening in and said, I did mess up my life. Yeah. Now what? Yeah. Well, um, if that's what you're saying, that's step one. You're admitting it. Mm-hmm. Just And now admit it to God and just mm-hmm. say, God, I've messed up. I've been living for myself. I've crossed your boundaries. I've gone outside your guardrails, and, and that is not the way I should live. Mm-hmm. So if you're a Christ follower, it's time to repent and mm-hmm. come back. And many people think, oh, I've drifted so far from God, it's going to take me forever to make my way back. Not true. You turn and you're back. Right. Mm -hmm. It's one step. It's turn. That's repentance. And God says, welcome back. If you're not a Christian yet, uh, look at it this way. You've tried all these things, seeking satisfaction and happiness, and they don't work. Mm -hmm. And now you're like, oh, man, I messed up. And maybe you're experiencing some consequences from that. This is where God's grace comes in. Mm -hmm. So whatever you've done, however you've been living, you can be forgiven. Uh, But you must repent of your sins and turn to Jesus and receive him as your Savior, knowing he died in your place instead of you as your substitute. And when he died, God the Father accepted his death as full payment for all your sins, even Mm -hmm. those you don't like to talk about. Mm -hmm. And, And his righteous and holy wrath was satisfied by the blood of Jesus. And then Jesus rose again to show he's conquered death and de- and the devil and our own depravity. And he can give you power to change your life. Amen. Pastor, that is the gospel. That's what really changes us. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. 
May I be so bold as to ask if you would pray for us for those that are listening right now that are seeking yeah. God and and just don't have a relationship yet and that they are seeking his wisdom and and direction. So listener, it's no accident that you're listening today or perhaps you're listening to this later online. Would you now have the courage to just admit that you are a sinner and you've been messing up your life and um, you know that you're not satisfied, you have not found what you're looking for because, well, you've not been designed to find satisfaction in anything but Christ. So right now, listener, say something like this, uh, Jesus, I am a sinner and I know I'm separated from you and I repent of my sins. I turn from how I've been living, and now I fix my eyes on you, Jesus. Thank you that you went to the cross, you died in my place uh, for my full and final forgiveness. Uh, Thank you, Father, that you accepted the blood of Jesus as payment, uh, satisfying your holy and righteous justice and wrath. Thank you for that, and thank you, Jesus, for rising from the dead. That gives me hope that I don't have to stay how I am. Uh, But God, I want to go more than just knowing that or believing that in my mind. Uh, Lord, I now receive you by faith as an act of my will. I ask you to come into my life. Turn me around. Save me. I want to be born again. Uh, so that I might serve you with the rest of my life, because I don't want to waste my life in my 20s, my 30s, my 40s, 50s, 60s, and whatever decade I'm in. I don't want to waste one more day. I want to live all out for you. So use me now for your glory. Help me to live for you and you alone. Help me to grow as a disciple of yours and to make a difference here in the world that you've called me to live in. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 